Hello everyone, welcome back to the Bundesliga show brought to you by Over the Bar. Uh, happy Valentine's Day to everyone that's watching. I hope, uh, hope you've managed to find a little bit of time to, to come join us live or if you're watching on a different day, of course, very understandable. Don't want any angry partners now, do we? Uh, <laughs> how are you doing, Mark? Are you all right? Yeah, it's all good. Just enjoying, just had a, a bit of champagne as well tonight yeah, to celebrate. So, yeah, having a good night, really. <laughs> Lovely, good stuff. Well, we've indulged in a, in a takeaway curry instead. So, yeah, <laughs> indulging, it, yeah. indulging on a day like this, of course. Um, right, well, yeah, we're back with a, with another match day review. So, match day 22 review. Uh, lot, lots going on over the weekend, lots of entertaining games. Uh, and I just about managed to catch up with it all as a as I was away at a wedding this weekend, but some massive results uh, at both ends of the table. So we've got a lot to go through. Um, and of course, you know, we we are indeed in partnership with Bundesliga Boxes this season. So make sure you go check uh, check them out on, on Twitter or indeed on the website. Lots of things going on. I think they had some uh, authentic uh, Dortmund Cup shirts uh, that I saw the other week. I think there was only a few of those left, so you might have to scramble around for those um quite a controversial kit i think uh or slightly different one um this season and loads of other things so go check them out uh, and of course if you like the show or indeed this video please do drop us a like and comment along uh, if you're able to watch with us live uh, and if not sleep on after the show and if you've watched it and of course please do drop us a sub uh, as it always helps us with pushing on into the 400s now but we want to go up and up and up and up um so uh over to you mark let's, let's have a look at some scores then yeah absolutely and what a week it was again for week 22 in the bundesliga we always say it just gets better and better and this was another classic bundesliga weekend really goals flying in everywhere shocks just about everywhere you looked as well. Fantastic weekend of football. So, yeah, we started off on Friday night with, yeah, probably one of the more predictable games of the weekend, really, with a pretty comfortable 3-1 win for on-form and high-flying RB Leipzig now over FC Köln. Then, yeah, the first shock of the weekend, really, on Saturday afternoon, it was Wolfsburg cruising, really, to a 2-0 win away in Frankfurt. Then, yeah, Gladbach just about got past Augsburg 3-2 at home. Yeah, a, a one-all draw between Freiburg and Mainz uh, in the in the game on the Saturday afternoon. Yeah, and then it was it was the game of the weekend. One, I mean, what a match this was! Bochum four, Bayern Munich two. Classic Bundesliga game, which we'll talk about more a little bit later. Greuther getting their third win of the season as well. Two one at home to Hertha Berlin, who are now struggling badly, aren't they? Let's be honest. I mean, they've had an absolute nightmare since the rug runder started, really. Then, yes, yeah, Saturday evening means another uh, Leverkusen goal fest, really. I mean, they've won the previous two games, five one and five two respectively, and in this game they clocked up another big win, really four two over second bottom Stuttgart. Then, yeah, moving on to the Sunday games, surprisingly, really, we had a cruise in the park, like a walk in the park, really, for Dortmund away in Union Berlin, who seemed to be struggling without uh, Max Cruiser a little bit, don't they? They won 3-0 away from home. A rare clean sheet as well for Dortmund, mm -hmm. let's be honest. Yep. <laughs> they don't keep many of them, that's for sure. And then, yeah, we rounded up the weekend with a comfortable 2-0 win for Hoffenheim over Previously six unbeaten Armenia Bielefeld. So yeah, congrats for Hoffenheim to end their three-match losing run with a very comfortable 2-0 win. Obviously ending Bielefeld's six-match unbeaten run. So yeah, obviously, as you can see, a lot of drama happened this weekend, as usual, really, in the Bundesliga. So yeah, we're going to swiftly move on to our OTB's featured four, which is the four best games of the weekend. We're going to count them down now, so yes, yeah, starting with the game in Franconia, just a, a few miles up the road from where I live, really, in Nuremberg. 
Yeah, with a 2-1 win for Furt over Hertha Berlin. I mean, yeah, this was a surprise for everyone, wasn't it? I think I tipped them and I think, Rory, you were like, what? You're really tipping Furt to win a game? But there you go, yes. you know. I hope you all stuck it on your, your accumulators this weekend. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, let's be honest, it was a relatively comfortable win, really, for Furt, wasn't it? I mean, it, it started off absolutely brilliant, brilliantly inside 60 seconds of this game. Uh, Greuther were already 1-0 ahead. And I mean, it was that man, Leverling, who's been really, really good in recent weeks, hasn't he? He played across a brilliant, like, ball. I, some would say it was a bit of a fluke because he was actually fouled as he played it. And he mm -hmm. went down in a heap. But as it happened, uh, his brilliant cross-field ball, like kind of a mix of a cross-field and a through ball, really, wasn't it? Played in Branimir Hergota, one of the best players for uh, Greuther this season. And he comfortably slotted past Shvalov in the Hertha Berlin net for 1-0. And, you know, the fans were back in the stadium for the first time in, I think, two months as well in Bavaria. So, yeah, uh, the fans were absolutely loving it. I think they had about 10,000 in the ground for this game. It wasn't completely yeah. full, but it looked, you know, a lot more full than what it's been for most of the season, obviously, with restrictions around. Then, yeah, they had a few other chances too, really. I think Labelling had a couple of chances. He's always lively, especially in the home games. He, you know, he caused a lot of problems for teams at the moment, doesn't he? The, the young man Labelling. Yeah, her goal to add a couple of chances. Uh, I think they, they could easily have gone in 2 0 ahead for me, really. Uh, for I think there were a few good clearances off the line from the hair to defence. But then, yeah, obviously it finished 1 0 uh, half time to Furt. And then, yeah, what did you make of the second half, Rory? Uh, well, I think Furt's continued to do everything well that they did in the first half, really. Um, I thought um, their, their new man in net, um, so it's uh, Linda, um, yeah. who I think he's coming from uh, Mulder, I think. And yeah. um, he had a really solid game in net um, between sticks for them and made a couple of big saves and just kind of brought an overall, an overall presence to the team. Um, and they have actually been conceding fewer and fewer goals in well since the, the turn of the year and, uh, and things like that, that anyway but that I thought was um really impressive uh for Furt. um so they held off you know the likes of um Bedford deal and um and Jovetic I think Jovetic had a, a guilt head chance um at, I think whilst it was still at one nil um but then the game you know was very much kind of turned on its head, but it was going with the way of play anyway, I guess, um, where the Middlestadt uh, uh, handled the ball from across from Meyerhofer. Um, so, you know, referee didn't hesitate to give the penalty. I think it was fair to say that it was. So, Hargorta, um, you know, the, the man who's been scoring most of their goals and been out the heart of everything good in, in third season has um, stepped up comfortably and, and slotted home to make it 2-0. So, that's on 70-odd minutes. Um then Herter did offer a bit a bit of something going forwards again towards the end as they tried to push to try and nick a result, but wasn't enough ultimately. Obviously they got um they got a late goal on around 82, 84 minutes um for the young man, 17-year-old defender. Um so great moment for him. Uh, I think his name is Get Getchter. Uh, I mean my pronunciation would be would poor there. Um and he also kind of cleared, I think he cleared an, an effort off the line from Lueling uh, as well in the first half. So I think he, you know, he can be proud of his afternoon's work coming into the team as a 17-year-old. Must be pretty, pretty daunting prospect, wasn't it? So, yeah, that that was good from that kind of personal perspective for him. But yeah, Herta, what are they? They're, um, they're still winless this year, 2022. Yeah. And, you know, we're well into... Well into February now, it's not like a you know a blip in the road. It's starting to look quite dangerous again for the club. Um, and it's funny you say like you should put the game on on your acker because I, I advised one of my pals at the wedding to put put solid money on her to, <laughs> because it would be a, an easy win. But um, yeah, it turns out that it wasn't a fair play to foot. Um, yeah, really impressive. Uh, are, are they going to be able to, you know, pull out a miracle? Um, you know, they've collected a lot more points uh, in the last month or two. They're more competitive in games. Uh, they've got, you know, made a few decent bits and bobs of transfer business where they can. Obviously, they, they can't exactly splash the cash, can they? Um, but, I mean, 
if if I'm hopeful that Stuttgart can turn it around, then you have to say that Furtz can because they're not, you know, they're still five points off um, Stuttgart in 17th place, and that's still a lot of points to gain. But you know, they'll they'll certainly give it a good crack, and with as you mentioned, Mark, the the home fans being able to come back into the stadium now, I think that'll give them a huge boost. Um, hopefully, that can continue for the rest of the season and get more and more in. So, yeah, brilliant work by Furt. Um, Herta all of a sudden looking a little bit um, kind of on the slide. And it, it can happen to, to teams, no matter how good you think you are, you can always be involved in a, in a relegation race. So, yeah, work to be done for them. Yeah, I mean, obviously only one point from games against the two promoted sides as well in the last two weeks. You know, obviously they, they kind of, I would say, ground ground out a one-all draw against Bolkham last week, which wasn't really impressive, let's be honest. <clears throat> I mean, against the Bolkham side who collect most of their points at home, let's be honest. Then obviously losing this game against Fur too. I mean, it's a disastrous run of form really for the away side, isn't it? I mean, they're going to be really worried because, I mean... They've not had the hardest fixtures since the Rook run started. They played Wolfsburg mm-hmm. when they were really off form. They played Furt and Bolkham, you know. It's, uh, you know, I mean, there's still winnable games in there for them. But, I mean, you know, it's not looking good considering they're only one point above Augsburg, who are currently 16th. And then, OK, they've got still a five-point buffer until Stuttgart, who don't like winning a game at the minute, do they? Let's be mm-hmm. honest. So, yeah, I guess they won't be too worried about uh, finishing the automatic relegation places. But that that third from bottom is very, very realistic at the minute, that's for sure. And I think, obviously, with some of the sides in this fighter at the moment, you know, like Schalke, Werder, uh, Hamburg, they wouldn't fancy playing any of those sides over two legs. And potentially in, you know, May, June, when those games are played, we could have full stadiums as well. And some of those teams have got really, really strong home following, you know, so mm-hmm. it might not be so easy. But I think with the, with the third place playoff, a lot of it is luck, really, you know. I mean, I think Köln last year got a little bit lucky drawing Holstein Kiel, with all due respect to Kiel, but, they, they, you know, they've not got the strongest support in Germany, let's just say that much. And uh, I think that kind of got them through, really, in the away game. But who knows who Hertha could end up with, you know. They could end up with a trip to... Hamburg or Werder or someone like that. So, you know, they've got to be careful to avoid that bottom three this season more than ever for me. Okay, so moving on to the uh, our game number three of the week. I mean, probably not a game that many people would have imagined would have had goals, but it did, didn't it? Munchen um, Gladbach three, Augsburg two. I mean, you know, it wasn't the prettiest game of football despite the goals. You know, I think a few of the goals were probably could have been prevented by... The defensive sides, let's be honest. You know, I mean, we know that Gladbach don't usually do very well as favourites, do they? But I mean, the game started off relatively evenly, I thought, before the first goal, which came on around half an hour. I think Framberger had a good head as well, saved by Sommer. I think Vargas did a few good things in the first half at Augsburg as well. But the opening goal did actually come obviously for the home side on about the half-hour mark. It was a good ball in from Player. I mean, we've not mentioned him very much this season, have we, Player? But he he did uh, put in a really, really good uh, ball. For that man, Kone, the the teenager, I think he's only 17 years old, Kone, breaking into the team this season, I think as a 16-year-old at the time. Yeah, he headed home well. I guess you could say he couldn't really miss, but it was a good run from midfield from him to kind of get on the end of player's ball. So that, uh, leaving Gikovic in the the, um, the Augsburg net, no chance. That was a, a good goal, really, for Gladbach. And then, you know, I think Vargas again forced another good save from Sommer. He seems to be getting back close to his top form, Vargas, at the moment. He seems to be playing a lot better since the Rook run started. You know, we mentioned in the first half of the season, he was far from far from top form. But then, Rory, I mean, yeah, you get to cover the more entertaining second half in this one. <laughs> oh, well, it's very kind of you. Um, yeah, it, it was a game that was was very end-to-end anyway. But, yeah, obviously, as you say, like a lot of the, the goals came in the second half. Um, so, yeah, like straight away when, you, when you're when Augsburg, you're thinking, right, 1-0 down at halftime, let's, you know, come out, keep it tight and, you know, really make Gladbach work for a goal if they have to get them and make them nervous. But... Yeah, it just took 20 second, uh, 26 seconds to be exact, sorry, for Gladbach to actually take uh, an extended lead. As um, Ben Sabini had a really good game, actually, the fullback, uh, was involved in all three goals uh, for Gladbach. He 
pulled the ball back perfectly for Hoffman to decide foot home. Very, uh, very classy finish, very calmly done. Um, that's for 2-0. Um, and then, yeah, the, the kind of end-to-end nature continued. Um, so, as you said, like, I think you're right in terms of the goals. Some of them probably could have been prevented. Um, case in point, the, the first Augsburg goal, I think Ruben Vargas helps on an Andre Hahn cross um, where Iago is just waiting at the back post to kind of um, smash it past Sommer. And Ginter on the line to make mm. it two on it. Ginter very almost got there. He always does that as well. He does like a goal, a goal line clearance. Mm. Uh, but he just he wasn't able to kind of reposition his body appropriately. So that's two one on about fifty five minutes. Then another ten minutes later, the game again is kind of put to bed. Um, and as I mentioned, Ben Sabine had a great game, capped it off with his goal. Um, but this is all about the cross for me, Florian Neuhaus. Real, real classy operator. Um, kind of really waiting for him to to turn into this proper magical player. I think there is one in the shape of Florian Neuhaus. I think he's a really good baller. Great first time uh, cross. Uh, curled in beautifully and Ben Spine and Mise on the head of 3-1. So again, you're thinking, right, yeah, probably game over. Um, but Augsburg, you know, they threw a bit of caution to the wind. They brought on, you know, their new um, superstar in effect uh, in the shape of Pepe um, and Finn Bogerson. And it was actually the latter who managed to get what was a consolation goal in the end um, and, and, and more involvement for Iago, actually. A low cross, well finished by Finn Bogerson, just kind of redirecting it really nicely to make it 3-2. Um, so, yeah, rounding off another brilliant game and... You kind of think like Gladbach versus Augsburg is like the, you know, one of those games you think in a Bundesliga fixtures list, that's not one you pick out, but even that is end to end, goals everywhere. And you kind of compare it to other leagues. And I just think you just don't get that anywhere else. I, I honestly don't think that. Um, both teams just going for each other. Augsburg making positive substitutions to get themselves back in it. And it pay, almost paid dividends in the end. Gladbach, as you mentioned, as favourites, don't often do that well, but that's probably one of the best performances they've done for a long while. Obviously, they conceded two goals, but I thought they were really, really good going forwards. So, yeah, just another brilliant Bundesliga game. Um, helps Gladbach pretty much seal the deal. I don't think they'll get too much more involved in any kind of relegation chat. And, uh, yeah, Augsburg obviously still sitting in the relegation playoff place. So, yeah, they'll, they'll need a few... Uh, few more positive results if they're going to do a, a typical Augsburg second half of the season. Yeah, it's interesting what you say, really. I mean, obviously, this was a game of two sides. I think Gladbach were fifth bottom and Augsburg were third bottom coming in. So, I mean, you know, in any other league, you think, oh, I don't want to touch this one with a barge pole. You know, I mean, I'd rather just sit and watch pain dry than that. If it was in most leagues, that's the case, but not in the Bundesliga. You know, as you say, it's just like... It's the only league where you'd like watch two teams that are really on bad form playing each other, really. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, I mean, the teams just go hammer and tongue at each other, like pretty much every match, don't they? And it's like, it's very, very rare you see a boring game in the Bundesliga. And in this one, there could have been more goals, as you say. I mean, Sommer made a few good saves in that first yeah. half, you know. But at the same time, you know, some of the goals are scrappy as well, you know, which is like, but that's the beauty of it. You see bits of individual brilliance, don't you? Like the first goal goal which i'd say was a really well worked goal but then you see others that are like really scrappy and you think how the hell did that end up being a goal but that's yeah. the beauty of the bundesliga isn't it and it's um you know the attacking football is just like a religion in this part of the world and it's like goals are the currency basically you know it's like teams are not bothered about holding on to a lead they don't know how to do that let's be honest you know and it's uh but it's just absolutely brilliant this was another fantastic game which was thoroughly enjoyed and yeah, that brings us uh, nicely onto another team who uh, don't know how to hold on to a lead as well, and that's uh, Bayer Leverkusen. I mean, they are like literally. I mean, if you if you want to know the most quintessential Bundesliga team, it's Bayer Leverkusen, really, isn't it? I mean, they are like every game. I always tell all of my friends and family to stick money on over like four point five, five point five, and even six point five goals for Leverkusen games because they're just. You know, it's just incredible how open their matches are. You know, it really is. And this was another one like that. 
And uh, yeah, I mean, the game actually didn't start. I told a lot of people to lump on over 4.5 and 5.5. And I was getting a little bit worried in this one, to be honest, at one stage. Because it did get to around 40 minutes before the opening goal went in. But it doesn't mean that there weren't chances before the opening goal went in through Moussa Diaby. Because there were, I think that man, Thiago Tomas, who we could be hearing a little bit more from, he looped a beautiful shot from like just inside the area, like onto the underside of the bar, yeah. for, which would have been, was really unlucky. It could have given them a, well, I would say a famous lead really for the 17th place Stuttgart against the form team of the Bundesliga at the moment, Leverkusen, but it wasn't quite to be, you know, it kind of hit the, I'd say the underside of the bar and bounced about a metre away from being over the line. But then, yeah, I mean, the, obviously the opening goal for Leverkusen was just really, really scrappy defending, wasn't it, from Stuttgart. I mean, that's been the problem for Stuttgart more than anything this season, just too many cheap goals conceded. And I mean, Diaby could have been tackled probably three or four times by the time he finally managed to get his feet sorted and slot the ball into the back of the net. But I mean, it was a real scrappy goal, really, wasn't it, Rory? You must have been pretty gutted for your team to concede a goal like that just before half time. Yeah, but yeah, and then the was, second half was just brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah, I was keeping an eye on it, obviously, while, whilst I was at the wedding on Saturday, and I was kind of thinking periodically, you know, we'd be doing brilliantly if we got into <laughs> half time nil nil. And I, was, I assumed that we had done until I checked, and. Um, yeah, it is a bit disappointing. Um, DRB just skips skips past one challenge to start with, and then he pretty much sells. Well, I mean, he gets the shot off, obviously. So the blocks and the sliding tackles are merited to to have gone for it. But the problem is, there's three of them have gone for the same thing. So if you're a defender, you're thinking, right, okay, well, if one person's going for the block, I need to stay on my feet, or or something like that. Thinking ahead, should it, you know, fall either side or something like that? And lo and behold. Three of them all dive in for the same block. It falls just to the right-hand side or left-hand side of them. Diaby just picks it up and slots it high into the net for for one nil. So yeah, that's obviously disappointing from you know from our point uh, from Stuttgart's point of view. Um, tenth tenth goal for Diaby this season. You know, really impressive um, from the Frenchman. You know, he, he's been fantastic. Um, so obviously Stuttgart, you know, they they knew what had happened beforehand. Obviously playing later on in the day, knew that third picked up an important uh, important win for them. So pressure coming on them from from third. So they seen that Augsburg lost, so that would have been you know an important you know boost for them. And so they wanted to you know ultimately give a bit of a reaction, and it did come for a little bit. I thought um, you know it was a really really nice goal to make it one one. Um, so. Good team play, uh, nice, really nice turn uh, after the pass into into Mangala. He turns well and, and feeds obviously the new man Thiago Tomas. Um, and I thought he finished off really well clinically, um, near post, low and hard. Um, I guess you know you should probably say that keepers generally speaking would be disappointed if they're beaten at the near post, but still, yeah, that makes it one one. Um, but and then you're thinking, great, like one one, you know. Keep keep the game tight and and stuff like that. But again, straight away, free kick uh, sent in by Demir by and, and to be fair, you've got to give him credit. Uh, what a brilliant header from Amin Adli, um, flicking it on perfectly. You know, beyond Muller in net to make it two one. That's like minutes later, and it's just hard to keep on going and going and going for Stuttgart. So you know they were they were two one down again very quickly. Um, you know. Fringpong, Fl- uh, Florian Verts, and Diaby were all combining really well. Um, almost made it three-one a bit before they did, and then we had. Uh, and I left it again whilst I was checking my phone every so often. And it was two-one. I was like, oh, right, I'll probably finish two-one. Then I check my phone. Next thing I think, see it's four-two final <laughs> score. Uh, so yeah, so Leverkusen pretty much wrapped up the game uh, on eighty-six minutes. Um, good play by Fringpong, as I mentioned. A real threat down that right wing, um, teeing up for inverts in the area and very calm finish past Muller um, to make it 3-1. But again, Stuttgart showing at least a bit of character and, you know, the the spirit and the fight, I think, is certainly there. It's just, you know, ultimately the quality that's letting them down. But good work by um, Alex Tabidi. Um, he managed to work a bit of space in the area um, to get a shot off, deflected, and, and here's the poster thing. And Thiago Tomas is there again. Uh, to finish well, um, to get himself two two Bundesliga goals, and I think that pretty much makes him one of our top goal scorers within the space of <laughs> 90 minutes, uh, which is pretty depressing. 
Um, so yeah, that makes it three two. You know, can they push forward? Can we get one more to, to claim at least a point? But unfortunately, not. Um, you know, Leverkusen probably thinking the best form of attack, the best form of defense is attack. So they did, um, and they managed to get a fourth late mm-hmm. on. Um, Verts uh, teeing up Patrick Schick, who would have been disappointed up to that point, not scoring, and he he taps home uh, late on to make it four two and finish a. Another crazy game um, that Stuttgart have been involved in a lot recently. So of Leverkusen, um, yeah, from Stuttgart's point of view, um, you know, defensively, obviously that you know shipping too many goals. Otherwise, they've scored two goals against Frankfurt, two goals against Leverkusen. They've been in games, uh, especially when scoring goals has been an issue for them. You think if you can just keep your defence tighter as a group, then you maybe take a point from both games or maybe you win one and draw one. Um, so, yeah, that's obviously an issue right now. Um, may, maybe they just need to take a a leaf from the, I don't know, the Greuterfurt book and, and look at them like saying, you know, they've tightened, you know, tightened up defensively and now they're picking up wins, they're picking up draws. Um, so, yeah, something just isn't working uh, right now. Um, you know, like sort of Kalidzic, he since he's been back from his big injury, he's been in and out of the team um, because of various different bits and bobs. Because of that, and obviously there's the great the great hope is now Thiago Tomas. Um, the problem is there's going to be a whole heap of pressure on him because he scored two goals in his first game. Um, will he be able to keep up that sort of momentum and form? It's hard to say. Um, you know, it'd be nice to see a bit of the partnership between him and Sasa Kalidzic get Souza back in the team. Um, you know, be a bit more, I don't know, direct and, and get a bit of a partnership going between those two. But yeah, ultimately, we're, we're looking a little bit more troubled than I thought we were at the halfway mark. It's, it's looking pretty bleak, I'd say. Um, but one win and then you're a point off Augsburg and then you can really push on. Uh, some big games coming up. I think Volcom's next and that's massive um, in terms of their season. Um for Leverkusen, you know, the <laughs> their form goes rolling on. Uh, they're a brilliant team going forwards. Uh, it would be really interesting to see if this team, if they could keep it together for next season and add to it in certain areas. I think they would be an incredibly strong team. Um, in terms of this season, if they just keep on going, uh, it would be interesting to see if they can keep this form up when they return to Europa League duty and the knockouts and see if they prioritise one or if they think they're strong enough to go for, for both competitions, well, both competitions, but keep on doing well in the Bundesliga. So, yeah, they're, they're doing, you know, a fine job and, you know, long may that continue. I think Gerard Seoni has done a really good job with that team. Um, so, very impressive performance again. Yeah, I mean, we've got to be, got to remember their goal was to qualify for the Champions League this year and that they look very, very much like doing that. I mean, they're, um, seven points clear now with fifth place and to be honest with a much better goal difference as well so you can pretty much make that eight I would say and it, it looks very very unlikely considering also some of the sides that are chasing that four spots in inconsistency at times that they're not going to be in the Champions League come 2022-23 I mean they, they have they've kicked it on the second half of the season so far since we came back they've picked up four wins and a draw and they've scored ridiculous numbers of goals as well, let's be honest. I mean, 14 in just three games, that is, yeah. you know. And it's not like they've been playing mugs as well. You know, they played Augsburg, which, <laughs> yeah, obviously Rory Stuttgart, but then obviously they also put five past Dortmund as well. Very so, true. We did one better than Dortmund, yeah. <laughs> Rory might be thinking his boys are mugs at the minute, really, <laughs> the form that they've been on yeah, for maybe. most of this season, let's be honest. But, yeah, I mean, for Stuttgart, you've got to question the future of the man with two surnames, really, Pellegrino Matarazzo, haven't you? <laughs> I mean, the guy, he was an absolute legend i know he is still popular with stuttgart fans like the, the you know he got them back into the bundesliga they had that brilliant season last year but i mean what's happened the last the mm. season's just been a nightmare for them and let's be honest let's be serious now i mean obviously it started off with all the injuries but i mean i don't know what's happened since the rook runder really because a lot of us expected that they kind of finished the first half of the season okay i wouldn't say well but i would say they finished it okay they got a couple of wins in the last five and i think a draw you know but i mean 
what's happened since then has just been utterly not acceptable, really, has it? And I think what gets me with Sugar is the amount that they change the team. Do you know what I mean? It seems every single week there's like four or five changes to the side. I mean, obviously, Thiago Tomas had a good game, but he kind of came from nowhere, really, didn't he? He came under the radar. I mean, it seems every week there's like another player coming from under the radar at Stuttgart getting in the team. And I'd like to know how many players they've used in the 22 games this season. But I would imagine it's a lot, like really a lot. And, you know, it's just not working out for them. Even the likes of Furig first, uh, you know, obviously young local guys who were brought in with high hopes, but they've not really done it on a consistent basis, have they? And I don't think they've got that bad of a team. I really don't. I think they should be good enough to at least finish like... 12th, 13th, really. But, I mean, it's just not worked out for them this season. And they are in trouble now, big trouble. I mean, four points adrift of uh, third bottom, five points adrift of safety. So, yeah, I mean, this wasn't a bad performance, but, you know, they were always going to lose this game, really. Well. They were definitely mm. second best in the match. And, as you say, Rory, both come up next, and they've, they've got to win that game for me, really. You know, I, I think you can't keep waiting and waiting. Yeah. Teams are going to keep picking up points. And for me, they've got to win that game against Bochum next week. Okay, so, yeah, over to Rory for the German word of the week then. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, we, I unfortunately missed uh, last week. And I think, Mark, whilst we were watching, you very briefly did a letter yeah. D, didn't you? But I, I, I'm just going to stick on that theme this week um, and, and do another letter D because uh, I quite like the word and um, I just thought nice to introduce a, a second a second version of this um so again if you're new to the show or if you've not seen this section before um just dropping it in for a bit of fun basically to kind of do a few bundesliga terms and glossary so going through the alphabet a to z and um, to kind of introduce some new words for you to use uh whether you're using it around your friends or whilst you're watching football or if you know if you're an english person or an English-speaking person that goes over to Germany and watches a game, then you can drop a few in there and impress the local. Yeah. Um, bless you. Um, so uh, this letter D, so the second one uh, of, of the season, is going to be doppelpack. Uh, so that basically translates, or the, the terminology means a brace, so a brace of goals. Um, so... Mark, again, I mean, I can't take much from this one, to be honest, uh, in terms of literal translation. So is there much to, to this word, how you can break it down, or is it just a kind of randomised phrase? Yeah, there is. Yeah, you can pretty much break this one down again. Like quite, as I said, a lot of German words are like quite easy to explain, really, in English, actually. Yeah, it's, uh, the, the languages are not like so different. It literally means doppel means double. And then pack is like, you know, basically like if you buy a double pack of uh, fish or something like that, that's literally what it means. It means like a double pack or something, right. you know, but obviously in this case, a double pack of goals, you know. So, yeah, that's literally what it means. The word pack is the same and then doppel just means double. So, yeah, it's uh, that's literally what it means. But, yeah, again, it's a commonly used phrase that you see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's um yeah, and you, well, you can uh, also say a dryer pack as well. Actually, okay. yeah, you also hear that for a hat trick. Obviously, yeah, dry is like the word for for three, like a three pack, basically. <laughs> so yeah, it's go. an interesting way of saying it in in yeah. German, actually. Yeah, but it's um yeah, obviously your man Thiago Thomas got a doppel pack. As well. no, I was about okay. to say that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pack, uh, <laughs> a rare yeah. doppel pack for for, for Stuttgart this season. Yeah, but yeah, Very yeah. Well. I mean, yeah, obviously we see a lot of doppel packs in the Bundesliga because there's so many goals basically you know yeah. so yeah yeah but yeah it's another good word that we often use uh, in the Bundesliga in German terminology yeah very good well I'll keep it in mind for for the next few weeks shows and see if I can remember to, to drop it in there and surprise people when I'm just talking about the game uh righty ho let's move on and finish finish the countdown and then we'll have plenty of time to do uh, our talking point of the week as well yeah, absolutely. And talking of doppel packs, there was one in this game as well, actually, which was, I mean, what a... It, this was a famous result, you know, in the, in the uh, yeah, in the Freundschaft game as well, in the friendship game between, uh, yeah, Bochum and Bayern. I mean, we talked in the, predi in the predictions, uh, basically, that, you know, Bayern didn't treat the last game like a friendly match, you know, against uh, Bochum, beating them 7-0 in the Allianz Arena mm -hmm. in the fifth game of the season. When A time when Bochum, you know, I think both me and you, Rory, were saying they're going to struggle big time this season because at that point they looked well short, really, of a Bundesliga standard, didn't they, after mm -hmm. the first five or six 
even seven games. But since then, they've been nothing short of brilliant for me. And this was the absolute uh, icing on the cake of their season, really, wasn't it? I mean, a famous, literally a famous win over Bayern. It wasn't just a win, but it was a hammering, really, let's be honest, in some ways. I mean, yeah, I mean, the game started off exactly as as you'd have imagined, though, basically, didn't it? I mean, obviously... um, Bayern went 1-0 ahead. It's a bit of a scrappy goal, this one, really. Unlike uh, Bochum, really, to concede a bit of a scrappy goal, it was that man Lewandowski who went on to get the doppelpack later on in the game. Yeah. But, I mean, he got the opening goal. You know, they checked it for... It looked like it could be offside initially, didn't it? But they did check the VAI. It was the correct decision. Yeah, Lewandowski just kind of, like, finished the ball from inside the area. They actually had the stand-in goalkeeper as well, obviously, because uh, quite interestingly, Bayern Munich have lost two games in the rook runder, and both of them actually were when Manuel Neuer was out. And that man, Ulrich, he, he doesn't seem to really have it, does he, a lot of the time? You know, he's not really the, even close to being the same level as... Um, Obviously, Neuer, but also um, the home side also had um, a backup goalkeeper in net as well. They obviously had Riemann was injured with COVID, so they brought in that man, Esser, uh, into the side. So it was two backup goalkeepers that were starting in this match, interestingly. And obviously, no need to say that the home goalkeeper had the better game. But yeah, it was uh, Lewandowski who initially finished past Essa for 1-0. But then, yeah, they weren't behind for long, the home side. And it was Antwi Adjay who beautifully finished the through ball. Through. I think it was Garrett Holtman. He, he kind of turned the defence and finished really, really well. I mean, he, yeah. he looked like a season finisher, really. He hasn't scored many this season, but this was a, a really good goal. Finishing comfortably past Ulrich in, in the back of the Bayern net for one all. Then, you know, it was back to really Bayern kind of being the better side, really, for the next 20 minutes. I think they had a couple of close efforts. Uh, Lewandowski again went close. I think Kimmich went close as well. But then, yeah, a bit of a shock, really. And it was a kind of clumsy play, really, from a Pamicano. I mean, we often say that the big teams don't usually get punished from these kind of things. But in this case, they did, you know. It was a cross, I think, again, from Holtman from the, the left flank. The ball hit the hand of um, Pamicano and the referee pointed nonchalantly to the spot, really, you know, and it was the correct decision, absolutely. And then it was that man, the summer, the, the winter signing from um, Brighton, Locadia, who hasn't really played that much, has he, since he signed, but comfortably side-footed the ball into the back of the net, past Ulrich. Ulrich did actually make a good dive for this one, but it was a really good penalty, a very hard, fast uh, penalty. That made it 2-1 to the home side. Yeah. And after that, I mean, the next two goals were just brilliant goals, weren't they, really? I mean, Christian Gamboa, who, correct me if I'm wrong, but I seem to remember he played for West Brom for a couple of seasons uh, a few exactly. years ago. He kind of cut in from the right flank, you know, and just absolutely leathered the shot uh, from the, the corner of the box from the right side into the back of the net. Ulrich had no chance, really, did he? And that was... 3-1. Fans are going absolutely berserk. Wasn't a full stadium in Bochum again because of obviously COVID restrictions, as it always is really these days. But yeah, I mean, the fans that were in the stadium were going wild and it got even better for them before half time, incredibly. And this the, the fourth goal was maybe the best of the lot, really. It was that man who's really, he was he's on fire at the minute. The Bochum Messi, you know. Bochum Messi. I'll never forget the German commentator calling him <laughs> the Bochum Messi on the second game of the season when he scored that worldie against Mainz. But th- this was a different kind of worldie. This was like a strike from the corner of the area, looping right over the top of Ulreich. I mean, he must have been thinking he wants to be sitting back on the bench and Neuer can do the hard work, really, because, yeah. I mean, as we mentioned before, the last game he played was against um, was against um, uh, Gladbach on the first game after yeah. the runder. He had a bit of a nightmare there and they lost again with him in, in this game. But yeah, 4-1 at half-time, Rory. Must have been in dreamland, Bochum. Yeah, I mean, again, this was obviously happening on Saturday afternoon, so I wasn't really paying much attention to it again whilst I was at the wedding. And then all I saw was a message from you on my phone saying, what a half-broken. So I was like, hmm, I wonder what that is. Obviously, put it on my phone to see it's 4-1 and a half tired. Genuinely couldn't believe it. What a, what a half of football from Bolcom. Um And yeah, we 
kind of talked about the, the previous um, meeting between these two teams, how it wasn't very friendly at a 7-0 Bolcombe. Uh, sorry, 7-0 to Bayern. And um, <laughs> there was actually a period before Bayern scored their first game, uh, first goal in that game, where Bolcombe were actually having a bit of a go at them. They didn't really like it, but then Bayern got into their into their stride. And and it similarly happened that Bayern obviously scored early, but this time Bolcombe did not let it affect them. They had a clear game plan. They wanted to get in behind the Bayern defence. They were using the pace of Holtman. You know, to get in behind again, Locadia as well, really good. Um, and so, you know, they, they just knew how to get out uh, by in this time and, and utilised it, uh, a mixture of good tactics and, and just individual brilliance. As you said, the, the Gamboa strike, obviously, down the down the right-hand side, he nutmegs Kingsley Coman before he, even, <laughs> before he gets a shot off. So he completes like a, a brilliant goal and the uh, Holtman from the other side, a brilliant strike. Um into the second half, obviously, they had to weather a bit of a storm. But again, they, they had chances. I think Antti, uh, Antwi, J.E. had a, an effort ruled yeah. out for offside as well. Um, but just heroic stuff, really, in the second half. Lewandowski managed to uh, get around the the sub, well the replacement keeper, Isa, um, or Essa. Um, and then it was Bella Kotchup, a young defender who we talked about a little bit at the start of the season. He cleared one off the line. Um, and as the game went on, obviously, Balkan kind of just took the medicine, like, you know, with a three goal lead, just started to sit deeper and deeper, obviously, make it hard for the opposition, as anyone would do. Um, and, you know, Bayern were able to get themselves uh, a second goal through Lewandowski, as you mentioned, um, with a bit of a half volley after a Kimmich free kick wasn't properly uh, cleared. And he did actually hit the crossbar as well with, a, with, a, with one of his own efforts later on as well. So it could have been closer, but I mean, yeah, Balkan were magnificent, amazing, famous result, as he said. Uh, brilliant for the league, brilliant for Balkan. Uh, they've been a credit to themselves and this league um, since they've kind of yeah, reset themselves after the 7-0 thrashing against Bayern. Um, you know, maybe it just gave them a few home truths and they kind of reset and just put, put that result to bed. And ever since then, they've been absolutely fantastic. So... They look a sure thing to be in the league next year and, you know, put in a good signing in the shape of Locadia. Hopefully he settles well. Obviously getting a goal from a penalty spot is a really good way of giving yourself a confidence boost, isn't it? Um, so he'll hopefully settle into the team well there. I think obviously Simon Zola isn't that far off coming back either. I saw pictures of him training not too long ago. Obviously they'll want to take their time with him, but even if they add him in for the last month, two months, something like that. That, again, you know, even strengthens strengthens them further. So, yeah, it's looking really good for Balkan. Amazing, amazing result. Uh, all I'd say on Bayern is, yeah, you know, they weren't at their strongest. They weren't at their best. Um, obviously, you know, the Neuer situation, it's not a coincidence. Man- Manuel Neuer is one of the best goalkeepers we've seen in in my generation of, of watching football. Like, there's no coincidence that if you have a replacement for him, he will drop a few levels worth of keeping goals out. So, I mean, he wouldn't have been able to do anything with the last two um, Gamboas or Holtman strikes. But yeah, fantastic result. Um, Again, it just goes to show the quality of the Bundesliga and that Bayern don't win just every single game, that there are shocks um, Hmm. like you get everywhere else. So yeah, brilliant, brilliant game of football. Yeah, I think that is the key. I mean, obviously, a lot of kind of neutral fans, they talk about the Bundesliga, you know, the, they say, oh, Bayern just dominate every year. But, I mean, they lost five games last year and they've lost four already this season. So, I mean, if you look at the Premier League, for example, Liverpool uh, have only lost two games and City have only lost two games yeah. and they play more than 22 as well. I think with the Bundesliga, the problem is not so much that Bayern just win every game, it's that other teams don't capitalise. That's the, the bigger problem, really. And that's why, ultimately, Bayern do win the league very often, you know, because teams just don't take the chances. But obviously, this particular occasion, Dortmund did take the chance on Sunday afternoon, didn't they? And they won. I mean, you say the chance, I mean, they're still six points behind, you know, but I mean, obviously, they've made up for their defeat against Leverkusen last week. And we always say that Bayern, they they can be vulnerable when you think they can't lose. If if you look Mm -hmm. at most of Bayern's defeats, they come in games, you think, nah, they can't lose that game, you know. But yeah, if teams like the likes of the big teams can just turn them over every now and again, you know, they might not be as certain as we think to win the league. I mean, 
you know, obviously now six points ahead of, um, of Dortmund and 11 clear of Leverkusen. But, I mean, the way Leverkusen are going at the moment, who knows how long they can keep up this winning run, you know. I mean, the, the playing at the minute, for me, they've been the best side in the league since the rubber under started. And I just think, yeah, who knows what could happen going forward. But, yeah, that pretty much concludes our uh, featured four. So let's swiftly move on to the talking point of the week. So, yeah. Do you want to introduce that, Rory? Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Yeah, our Bundesliga boxes talking point of the week this week is a bit of a look back into uh, into January and and basically who we think um, was the the best January transfer of of the window. So we put in a couple of examples there: Max Kruser, uh, Mark Oliver Kempf, um, Boo, uh, or <laughs> Castro, <laughs> uh, obviously to Bielefeld. Um, so yeah, an interesting one to look at. Um, there's been some, yeah, some interesting signings over the course of January. <clears throat> I think that obviously the there are two big ones uh, that Wolfsburg have been involved in. Uh, obviously, Max Kruser could, you know, could well be the signing of of the kind of campaign. He looks like he's just going to settle in and, you know, just be as brilliant as he once was um, for for Union. So, Mark, I'll throw it out to you to maybe pick out. A couple of names and then we'll come back to me for a few more and then we'll just say who we reckon is going to be the best yeah i mean obviously the three that i i wrote down were three that definitely struck my mind i mean obviously max cruiser we don't need to you know what i mean he speaks for himself really doesn't he i mean obviously the fact that wolfsburg have won both of their games 4-1 and 2-0 respectively since he came in and union have lost 2-0 and 3-0 respectively mm. it tells you just about everything you need to know about the quality of Max Cruz. I mean, I'm not putting all of that down to him, but for me, it's not just his quality, and he is undoubtedly a quality player. He brings goals, great set pieces, intelligence in the final third, but also it's his leadership as well. I mean, the guy knows the Bundesliga inside out, and he demands high standards, and I think that's the key with him. If you look at every club he's been at, he's always done well wherever he's been, you know. I think he started off at St. Pauli, did well there, and then he went, obviously, to... Um, Schalke for a while. He's just been brilliant everywhere he's been, Max Cruiser, you mm -hmm. know. But yeah, I think Mark Oliver Kempf as well. I mean, I think the key to that one is more the fact that Hertha have taken a key player off a relegation rival, really. Yeah. I mean, obviously, five half a million euros he's signing for. And for me, last season, he was one of the best defenders in the league, I would say. This year, he didn't keep up the same standards, no question about that. And he hadn't always been in the side, mostly, in my opinion, because of his failure to sign a contract to Stuttgart and I guess they wanted to make sure they could get some value for, for him but I mean he's not really set the world alight since he went to Hertha let's be honest let's be serious about that but I mean for me he is a player that's a good signing for them in the mm -hmm. long run yeah, Gonzalo Castro I mean he, he actually made his first start against Hoffenheim at the weekend didn't really cover himself in that much glory and I guess there could be questions about whether he's a little bit too old now maybe I think he's 35 and he had six months out of the game obviously after leaving um Bielefeld in the summer after he had a really good season sorry not Bielefeld Stuttgart as well another guy to leave Stuttgart actually yeah I think other notable names are the likes of Jonas Vind he's looked good in the two games he played I mean at the time I was thinking you know 12 million for him when you've just sold Vegas for 14 it, to me it seemed like poor business to be honest at the time but because obviously Vegas had been a talisman for three or four years before he left despite having yeah. a poor first half of the season this year but he's looked good you know and as you say him and Cruiser look like they could make a partnership together but yeah I think there's been a lot of interesting signings really yeah good stuff um a few other names to throw out there for me in terms of excitement I mean Again, lot, lots of American talent coming over from, from stateside. So any of our American uh, friends that watch the show, obviously, if you're watching now or if you're watching later, please do let us know a, a little bit about the the incumbent signing. So obviously, we know that um, obviously Ricardo Pepe has come over from um, as the FC Dallas um, into into Augsburg. Um, so that was obviously a real real coup for Augsburg. And it was quite met with a lot of surprise, actually, that Pepe did actually choose Augsburg in the end. Um, we've got George George Bello has gone to Armenia Bielefeld, Justin Shea to, to Hoffenheim. I think that's only on loan for now. And uh, and Kevin Paredes as well has come over. So some real exciting players, I think, to, to keep an eye out for the second half of the season. And 
Hey, can any of those four players match the levels that we've seen of the likes of Christian Pulisic, uh, Gio Reyna, lots of other brilliant players, you know, Weston McKenney, who's obviously no longer at, the, um, at Schalke. Um, so hopefully, you know, we wish them all, all the best. Um, it's always really good to see North American talent in the league because it's thrived so well in, in previous uh, previous years. So that's um, something to watch out for. Uh, you know, can Thiago Thomas, you know, can he push Stuttgart out, out of the misery of 17th? Uh, I think that's a, you know, a lot, a bit, you know, a bit of a long shot ultimately. Um, I think that and, and if, another interesting one to look out for is uh, Leverkusen's new signing, Sardar Amazon. Um, I think he's, he was having a really good uh, African Cup of Nations, I think. Uh, and so he's, I think they signed him earlier than they thought they were going to. Yeah, so he from Zenit, actually, yeah, from Zenit. Yeah, so he was down as a summer signing, but I think they signed him early anyway. Yeah. Um, so he'll come into the team. I think he's quite an exciting talent to look out for. So, yeah, some good business done by uh, Bundesliga teams, I'd say. Um, it's been other seasons have been a bit quieter, but I'd say there were this was a good January transfer market to to strike in, I'd say. Um, but for me. For what they bring to the team and and who's going to be the best signing, I think I just have to be boring and say Max Cruiser. I think he will bring all sorts of experience to Wolfsburg. I'm wearing my Wolfsburg shirt, so I've obviously got got to give them a shout out as well. Um, so yeah, I think he'll fire Wolfsburg into a, a solid mid-table finish, and and maybe who knows he might get a contract extension as a result. Um, Mark, are you saying Cruiser for your number one choice? Yeah, hands down. I just think. That- you know, he's just a legend, really. The Bundesliga. He's not. He's not that old as well. I think he's only 32, 33, You know, so he still could have another two, three years after this year as well at the top level. He's a very intelligent player. His game's not based on pace or anything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So, you know, he's the kind of player that could still be good at 35, 36, I would say. So, yeah, I, I just can't. My only logic is I just can't understand why Union traded him really for five million. You know, I mean, I know. Yeah, I just can't quite see that one really because obviously they're still in the cup. They're the second favourites for the Paul Carl, and at the time they were fourth as well when they when they sold him. So I don't know really. Obviously, we don't know that much about the funds of Union. I know they, they're not the biggest club in the world, and you know they've been affected by COVID. But that one does seem a little bit of an odd one, unless it was like a gentleman's agreement that if a bigger club that are going to offer him more money came in, then maybe. They would sell. We we don't know the exact details behind the scene, but from an Union perspective, I don't understand that. I think Friedrich as well is another one we've not mentioned. He's he went to Gladbach. I think he's going to be a good sign in the long run for them. Again, hasn't really started that great since he's been there, but I just think um, you know I can't really understand why Union sold him as well. In my opinion, they've sold actually now three key players from last season. Obviously, Andrike as well, who went to who's done really well for Leverkusen. Actually. Yeah, yes. Yeah, they, they like to sell players at Union, but I mean, they keep doing what they're going to do, and I hope that they can kind of pick up the form again for the next 12 games or so. Good stuff. Well, yeah, that brings a close to the Bundesliga Boxes Talking Point of the Week and indeed closes the show. So, Mark, over to you to finish up. Absolutely, yeah. So if you enjoyed what you saw today at Over the Bar FB and at Over the Bar Extra on Twitter, yeah, remember also check out our main site, which is otvbfootball.net. You can see just about everything football related on there. And yeah, obviously, chat. Remember again, as Rory said earlier in the show, remember to like, comment, and subscribe because that will help our numbers and also allow us to bring out more content for you guys. Yeah. So yeah, I guess um, hope you enjoyed the show again, and we'll see you again on Thursday for the predictions show and fantasy football. Ciao. Here's all.